Hello and welcome to an OK Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you in part by the letter B. Hello and welcome back. My name is Sam. I'm your friend on the internet. This is a decent podcast about everything and nothing at all. Um, If you are watching this episode, you are obviously coming back to continue our amazing conversation about the Queen's Gambit. Um, If you are unaware, um, go back to to part one. Um, We talk about the Queen's Gambit, what it's about, um, kind of talk a little bit about the characters. I'm here with my friend Sylvia. Say hi again to our lovely, lovely listeners. Hi, everyone. We're back. <laughs> this episode is filmed inside of a live studio audience. <laughs> Woo. Um, but yeah, we're back here to finish up, wrap up our little analysis of the Queen's Gambit. Um, we talk some some final points, some nice final stuff, and then just kind of talk about um, the beauty as a whole of this film. Um, we left off on kind of talking about her dad and how um, she was in Time Magazine, um, but now we're going to just kind of hop in into... What? Life Magazine. Oh, Life Magazine. <laughs> Did I say Time Magazine? I mean, she must have been in Times, too. I don't know. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Imagine. Um my train yeah imagine imagine i had just like a hundred percent said like the national geographic <laughs> without i even mean thinking. everything she was making history <laughs> no, exactly we have to put her in the textbooks um for a second i was just like is this ba-? i did have to look it up to see if it was based off a true story when i first watched it because i was like let's just make sure um because that honestly would have been a pretty dope story if it happened in real life is it not? Because a lot of people have asked me that, and, like, I'm just like, I don't think so. No, I don't think it's real. I think it's based off, like, something, but, like, I don't think... Let's fact check this. Is the Queen's Gambit based? Maybe there are some elements that are based... I know that the games they played were real games. It's inspired by real events. Okay. By real events. Okay. Yeah, and it's it's based off a novel, which I have wanted to read. Um, it's very rare that I watch something that makes me want to read not the read it after, but like I I would a hundred percent read this. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, let's kind of let's kind of go into it. Um, I definitely want to touch base a little bit on her addiction in chess because I have a lot of thoughts on how they go hand in hand because I. I don't see them as two separate things. I definitely see chess and the addiction as one whole entity because they're both introduced to her around the same time. Um, right after, you know, her car crash, her, her near-death experience, um, around the same time that she meets Mr. Shable is, you know, that is that is actually, like, why she keeps kind of doing it. You know what I mean? Why Kind of why she continues taking those pills. Um, she She comes into this out of nowhere you know what i mean um jolene who we'll talk a little bit about later um tells her to take these pills at a different time because they're sedatives these these pills are these sedatives that they're using to to kind of just strip these these girls of just like their will to live they're kind of just like little blob monsters you know what i mean just kind of walking around and they're very young the youngest girl we see get adopted right Um, who Jolene makes a point to say had just gotten there. And she's like, it's not fair. You know what I mean? You know, 
Um, which is true. It must suck for, like, these older girls to see these younger ones get adopted out and to kind of know that every day you're taking these vitamins that are sedatives. Like, that's, that's awful. Um, and so for her, I think, um, everything is so mechanical that, um, she kind of is just like, okay, well, let's just do it. And this is the start, you know, she goes down, she, she meets this point with Mr. Shable and curiosity gets her. These, these sedatives already being taken at night are going to make her feel some type of way. And her curiosity, her brain is opened. I think that is like her, the drugs and her natural curiosity were introduced all at the same time. Like, at the same time that she, um, really started to, like, see the world and is why chess became it, like, the way it did. I, that train of thought made no sense. No, um, I, I 100% <laughs> see that. And I think we've talked about this before, like, maybe not this specifically, but she does connect them because she has this, like, um dependence on the pills to help her see the game played out on the ceiling and later on at the end you kind of realize that it wasn't really the pills like she's able to just do that it's like an innate ability she has but she definitely did depend on the pills for for that type of insight she believes um she believes a hundred percent that that's what makes her special <laughs> she believes a hundred percent that the reason why she's special is because these sedatives open her brain she doesn't realize that her brain is already like opened <laughs> she doesn't she just doesn't realize a lot of things and um, this is something I don't think I brought up earlier but um, with her relationships with men the things that she doesn't see she doesn't see the people that stand behind her um, she sees life so much like Tess that she doesn't realize that these people are people who, at the end of all of it, love her. At the end of all this, all these people are here for Beth. Her mother, um, Harry, Benny, uh, Matt and Mike, um, Jolene, who is a constant in the back, Mr. Shable. Meanwhile, this whole time, she's been alone for herself, right? She's kind of functioning on herself. We see her just go around the world alone. Um, but who... who Jolene makes it a point to say that like she's been watching from from afar for so long that she's seen her in the newspapers that she um, has been keeping up Mr. Shable who has like the board of like all these pictures of her um, she just doesn't see that these people really care about her um, oh and what I was going to say was the Russians they make this um, they mention how the reason why the Russians are so good is because they work together um, you know what I mean? In the States, it's so, so much competition, and like you said, these guys, she has to, like, earn her, her way through it. It's because everybody's against each other. You know, everybody is like, I want to beat you, I want to beat you. Um, yeah. Beth is in this, um, struggle to kind of get in there, too, so she's competing as well. She's actively competing, even though, um, her life is chess. And that kind of sucks, you know what I I think, like, as an artist, I think this kind of delves in, like, when you love doing something... Um, when you really love doing something, like, it's great until it becomes a competition. Then all of a sudden, you're not good at it. Then all of a sudden, it feels like you're not great because there's all this stuff that's, like, putting you out. And then the Russians are, like, this collective of, we're here to uplift each other because we want to, like, be better. We want to win. We want to win. We want to represent. 
um, and so that final scene, like um, where everybody, where everybody is joined together, right? She's in Russia, and Towns is like, "Oh, you have a phone call," and Harry's on the phone, and they're all giving points, like little bits and pieces. This is them being the Russians. This is the collective, like this is all of them being like, "We're here for you. We love you." Um, we're like. They've been here forever. Matt and Mike have literally been to all of the competitions, if you notice. Like, from the beginning, they're literally there at every single one. And she's like, whoa, what are you guys doing here? And they're like, you're not the only one. And and they kind of drop out and how everybody kind of pulls apart from chess, and yet they're still there for Beth. You know, they're still there for that one chess piece. Um, And Jolene, Jolene, man, will bringing up her now, right now, it's like, with her addiction, it's so, so important that Jolene is there. Um, nobody has been able to get through to her. You know what I mean? Nobody can get through to her addiction. Alma, who notices, yeah. who can see the first point when she's like, man, like, she drinks just like I do. Harry, who's like, my dad also drank, but he was he was never mean. He just would go to sleep. That's awful. You know, you have these people kind of making her feel bad about the fact that she's addicted. And that is, like, something, like, really big. You know what I mean? In society, we have this really big um, stigma against addiction, like, um, about addiction and how, like, it's a choice and how, you know, people um, are making this decision to be an addict. And I think Beth is one of those big, big examples of somebody who is constantly demonized almost for her addiction which we have to like we can't we can't falter for it i don't i don't blame her for her addiction truly because we see this she was a child she was an absolute child going through withdrawals um she's going through death through her mother's you know through her mother's death and then her adoptive mother and then mr shable who is like the second time the first time we really see her break down you know what i mean after jolene kind of cleans her up picks her up um, Jolene doesn't make her feel bad about being addicted, like, do- about, like, drinking. Doesn't make her feel bad about anything. It's kind of, it literally, she's just like, aw. <laughs> just kind of her heart breaks for her friend because, like, this is her friend. Um, and in the tennis scene, I'm kind of just, like, barreling through right now to kind of just, because I'm so, like, uh, that their relationship <laughs> is so important when they're playing tennis, right? And she's kind of sitting mm-hmm. down and she's talking about how, like, she can't get to Russia or Paris or whatever, right? How she can't get there because she doesn't have the money. And then jo- Jolene's like, I'll give it to you. She's like, yeah. she's like, I'll give it to you. And she's like, uh, you're my angel. And Jolene's like, I'm not an angel. I'm not your angel. I'm just here to help you. Like, I'm just here for you. And she's like, and I'd like to think that you would be here for me too if I needed it. And that, right. that beauty right there, that I think is, like, friendship. That is the friendships that, like, I, I aspire to, like, be able to hold. And, like, you know, while her presence isn't there consistently, and I think we can also both agree because we brought this up a little bit early before we started yeah. the episode, that um, really wish that she was in this more, that we could at least see her in the back. You know, it would have been cool to, like, have bits and pieces of people in her hometown watching her and then catching Jolene. Like, that'd be nice to just catch her in the background um because while i really like the scene of her just popping up i can also be like damn like that sucked because we barely got we i don't think we got enough of jolene i don't think we got enough of their the start of their relationship to really appreciate um how important and how like much of a of a pillar she is in in beth and how and how she is and who she is today as a person it definitely makes sense that she reappears because 
of Mr. Scheibel's death. Mm -hmm. But I completely agree that I wish she had been more present in the story because it's kind of like after all these years, they still obviously feel this like family like connection with each other because they were the only thing the other had in the orphanage. But at the same time, it's like, I wish I had seen their relationship, you know, like when they were going through early, you know, teenage dumb or something like it's just, um, it's definitely a beautiful relationship and a very giving one. Um, like Jolene gives her her college savings, which to me is like, yes, like mind blowing. But you know, I, it, like a head can of mine is that after you know she returns from Russia, like she just has more of like a relationship with Jolene oh, because yeah. I don't know what the limitations were. You know, maybe she didn't know where Jolene had gone after she left the orphanage or something. Like I've definitely thought about that, but um, but yeah, I don't I don't really know where I was going with that, but no, I yeah. agree with you. I yes. wish I had seen more of her. I, 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 too, have, like, this... I definitely believe after, you know, she comes back from Russia, they really, like, are reunited. Um, and I agree. Like, I wish we could have seen more of, like, them growing up next to each other because we get, like... We see Beth, Tiny Beth, which I think they casted the actress very well. They did a very good job at casting, yeah. you know, the actresses and the actors because that was great. Um, but we see her, you know, Tiny, and then we see them, you know, before Beth gets... Um, gets adopted you know what i mean we see her smoking a cigarette um the scene where she takes these little scenes of like when she's like where's the book where's my chess book and jolene's like i don't know you think i stole it um and then we have that rerounded back towards the end where she's like here you go and it's her chess book you know what the the one mr scheibel gives to her um and that's beautiful it's kind of being like here it's a piece of herself from back then again like that little piece Mm -hmm. of this child returning back to this innocence you know what I mean? Returning back to this, um, this was the start. This was the start. This pure, um, this pureness. So, I think um, something that you that you had brought up, and I, I lost it. Something about. Well, I I also wanted to say like I think it's interesting how Jolene is portrayed as like kind of this older, more knowing, experienced. Um, thing because I feel like that's generally in like media like I don't I don't know if this is like weird but to say but I feel like maturity and like growing up quickly is usually like a character trait given to like black girls yeah in in media in tv shows and I think that that was interesting that she was kind of this motherly figure to Beth when she didn't really have one. Um, And I think Moses Ingram, the girl who, the woman who plays um, Jolene, honestly, mentioned this in an interview. Like, she is this motherly figure, and it, it just makes me wonder, like, what, what Jolene's backstory is, because we don't really get any of that. And, um, interesting that you bring that up because, yes, 100% she becomes this motherly figure. And, like, towards, like, um, the end scene, right, when she comes and shows up at the door, the kind of oh that she lets out, the kind of response that she lets out is almost like of a mother being, like, like a baby. 
honey. She calls her honey, or like she uh-huh. gets, she told she tells her this sweet endearment, or when she um, when Beth goes down to the basement again and sees that, and she gets into the car and she has this breakdown and like shows her this picture and she's just like, oh honey, like it's this. I'm like I want to hold you and I want to cradle you and she does and she holds Beth she holds Beth in a way that like she hasn't really been she gives Beth an affection that like she hasn't really been given and I think when you bring up this maturity thing it's really funny because she isn't she isn't as mature as we think because we see bits of her innocence when she explains what a cocksucker is and Beth is like oh well have you ever sucked you know like a dick or whatever and she's like well no and she's like well would you want to like She's still so innocent. She, too, is just a child, and yet here she is playing mother to Beth. Um, And I think it's also really funny how they they give in this little mention of, this guy got me this car, this white man who has a wife, and he says he's going to marry me. And, you know, she's, she's, we see that she has lived a nice life. You know, it makes, I, I too wonder like what it's been like. She went, she's going to school and she's been keeping up with Beth and she's a fucking activist and she's all these things. She comes back such a badass bitch. And I'm over here like, why did, why couldn't we see a little bit of this? Why couldn't we get a little taste of what her life was? Because, um, yeah, I, I definitely agree. She was such, she was such a great character. And I think it would have been, it would have made the show a lot more like, like I, I want to say though I, I feel like they did a great job of styling her for those yes. scenes like you mentioned the tennis the tennis scene earlier the outfits were so cute for that the head pieces and in time the... and in for the times it was accurate yeah and then also like when she randomly shows up and sees Beth this like mess at her door yes. she has this like beautiful like afro. yeah her halo afro of an afro her smile she's like smiling the lighting is like giving we see her literally and it's funny we see her in like an angel position she opens the door and here she is smiling she takes off her sunglasses and she's like how are you and beth is over here like a mess and it's kind of like that's her saving grace that's very symbolic that's almost like being her saving grace and yet um Jolene, we then later get it of Jolene being like that's not true i'm not your angel i am just this person that showed up at your door that loves you and I've been here and just um uh she's beautiful beautiful character like beautiful actress I was bringing this up with my roommate too a while back like beautiful beautiful actress absolutely gorgeous um and so talented and I think the cast is really well done in this show um Uh I think they casted really well and I think the way the actors brought their characteristics um, is really, really good. The mannerisms that they give the characters is really good, and how everybody kind of makes their characters, like, sleazy. When I think of Benny, I think of Swiper. Like, I genuinely, like, <laughs> think of Swiper. Like, I don't know why. That actor, too, always looks like 12. I've seen him in, like... I 100% see Swiper. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's the one... He's the little kid from, um, Love Actually. Uh, I don't know that one, but I know he's in another thing, and he always looks like he's 12 years old. Yeah. They gave him a mustache, and he just looks like a 12-year-old with a mustache. And a cowboy hat. And a cowboy hat. (laughs) Have you seen, um, what is it, Rango? Ringo? The the movie with Johnny Depp where he plays a lizard? Yeah, Rango. (laughs) That's Benny. Oh, my God. Also, I saw this meme on Twitter that was like, the Queen's Gambit holds the record for 
um, the kiss with the most different eye distances, <laughs> like, between Anya Taylor-Joy and, oh my god, I forgot his name, but Dudley, Harry Beltic. Yes, yes, Dudley. <laughs> Dudley. When we figured oh that out, god. um, it was really funny because, um, we were thinking about that and I was like, uh, is it Dudley or is it, um, the other guy, Neville? <laughs> But it's oh. definitely, because they look the same, but um, it was like, it's really funny because they talk about fixing his teeth, and I know the actor um, that played Neville, while Neville's character, his teeth were, like, fucked up, those weren't actually mm-hmm. the actor's teeth. <laughs> like, they gave him, like, a whole, like, a whole set or whatever. Um, and it just, it made me think of of him being the same guy. So I was like, oh, wow, Neville. The whole time I was calling him Neville. Um but no. So Harry. his his name is Harry Melling. So if you're out you're here, right, Harry call Melling. him Harry. <laughs> <laughs> if you're out here, <laughs> we support you. We appreciate you. Yes, um, man. I just want to say too, like I don't know. I'm just picturing all the different competitions, like the Mexico yeah. City set, beautiful, the Vegas set, made me wonder, like, what did Vegas look like in the 60s? Like, so interesting. Oh my god, the pool, when she's, like, in Mexico City and she goes in the pool, that was just so beautifully, like, done. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but... I'm, like, my brain is, I'm, like, Mexico City pool <laughs> scene. Pool. And, um, I don't know if it happens like super often but i know that they they use a lot of like checkered patterns yeah. in her dresses which yes. is like such good attention to detail like very subtle but thematic i think um the clothes the way they do um i see it 100 percent now yes absolutely i like the um talking about the mexico city pool um yeah um but yes um talking about clothed wise they they do a really good job at like a making her clothing a representation of herself in those times so like as a child her clothes are dull um they're really plain along with her being sedated the whole time you know what i mean there's no personality there's no color to her she moves into like the household and then we see what the kind of year that it is it's like the 60s 70s so we see the Mm -hmm. house what it's set up we see the kind of clothes um we see like her class like where she stands right so that's like the first establishment of what kind of money her mother makes which is kind of like the emphasis on what like it's kind of like a build-up so it's like the environment is building up her personality like you know how when we grow up our environment we're a product we're a product of our environment right so like if Mm -hmm. you're um raised in like a poor community you know what i mean you'll have these certain values and you'll like grow up you know with certain things and if you're like richer you know there's these kind of values and we see that establishment of like class and then we see her move up class wise and we see her clothing change and we see the clothing of the time change we see what was ugly then what was ugly now what is beautiful what is considered great um and that is just one thing her clothing then right like you said a lot of checkered patterns is a reflection of her like emotions like as she's going on her spirals she has a lot of these darker tones the setting the colors that they use the lighting is all like dimmed down like it's all like just 
we get darker and darker as her as her sedation happens so like when she's a kid too if you don't if you remember there are a lot of dark scenes she goes into this basement and there's the light above uh, mr scheibel right that is very interesting because it's like in this dark room he is her light right chess is her light um yes. and yeah, yeah 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 the use of lighting and the use of color in this show is absolutely amazing as well um I just really liked how they showed like the little time like time lapses like you see the houses change like you see the music you see the tvs you see the phones the shoes like the makeup you know what I mean her like shitty makeup towards the end yeah. like, that's always really fun I can appreciate when um continuity like that you know what I mean because it's like also boring like you don't pay attention to the background anymore then you're just paying attention to the characters but if you give me a show where like I can pay attention to the characters, but the background also has me engaged and the weather has me engaged and the music is playing, what I like is that when they play the TV music, she puts it to the highest and we're not getting it blasted. We kind of get it. It's kind of like we're hearing how loud it would be in her home, which I think is so, so interesting because it's like, wow, we're really there. We're really hearing that. <laughs> At the time, they didn't have surround sound. It's kind of like this, like, that's the loudest, the loudest it'll go. Um, and so I just, funny. <laughs> yeah, I just really appreciate um, stuff like that because it really creates the environment. It makes it a lot more alive. Really makes me feel like I'm in it as opposed to kind of just watching something. Yeah, there's like constantly something new to catch the eye, which is is really cool. And her, oh my god, I feel like we've talked about her fashion so many times. No, but like it's but... just huge. It's just such a good, like, her outfit at the very end. And I think you mentioned this in the last part, part one, when you said she becomes chess. She literally becomes the white queen. Like, she she has, like, the hat with, you know, the little ball on the top and, like, the beautiful white long totally. coat. She literally is the white queen. And the way and... she comes out, yeah. Yeah, and in the 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 scene where they're competing with Borgov or all the competitions really, I loved um the different designs they had for the chess not the chessboard they were playing with, but the tally ones that other people were looking at, you yeah. know, like the person would move the little chess piece around mm -hmm. and when they were on the cars um, and stuff or they were like all like handing them over like this and they're on the radio yeah. and they're keeping yeah. And then in the final competition, I remember, like, she, Beth would make a move, and then someone would whisper to another person, and then you would see this, like, little child run out <laughs> outside <laughs> and, like, whisper the move or, like, yell the move to the crowd, and then and they would all like, move Whoa. the piece. And it was just like, oh, my God, like, <laughs> there's no instant, like, view. There's no technology. <laughs> no. It, like, it is... was just, it was really cool to follow, like, oh, like, that's how they would do it. A little kid would go and shout the move, and everyone would know. <laughs> and that also shows you another time, form of the times, because we're not even just seeing the, the evolution of time in the States, but we see it also happen in Russia. So we see, yeah. like, in that time frame, what technology is like in Russia and what their state of affairs is, because um, we also are dealing a little bit that they bring up in the show, like, the tensions between the states and Russia. Um, and how they send her out to give all this, like, Christian propaganda, and she's like, fuck that. 
Um, and that final scene, like you bring up that like long code, and she becomes the white queen. Um, I like how she, how we um, see that, like how we see her, like really all decked out in that. She comes out of the little limo, going on the way to the airport, and she's like, "I'll walk." He's like, "You're gonna walk to the airport? You'll miss the flight." She's like, "I'm gonna do fine." And she just, what is it? She buttons herself up, right? Mm-hmm. She buttons herself up. I think there's something very interesting in that. Um, cause usually like when people are like relaxing, right? You think somebody's relaxing. You'll th- you think, um, I, let me unbutton myself. Let me make myself cool. She comes out and she buttons herself up very confidently, very slowly. And she walks towards the end and she's like on this mission almost very like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. It makes me feel some type of way when she did that. There was something so distinct about her buttoning herself up. It was like almost being like. Almost like her, her bringing herself armor. up, almost finally being like I am, like I am, my, like I am here, like no one can fuck with me. It's kind of her being like I am the queen. Yeah, <laughs> it's like her statement. It's like her final statement of like nobody can touch me. Mhm. Yeah, I like that a lot. And I feel like this is what we were talking about earlier, but I just had a, a thought about the difference between the the chess scenes in America and then the chess scenes in Russia because, like, I don't know if it's accurate. I'm sure it was accurate to many levels, but I think the sets in Russia were just so beautiful. Beautiful. So, so beautiful. And it makes sense to me that Beth would kind of just say fuck it to going back to America and, like talking to the president about her her winning and all these things that the the agent was telling her she would have to do upon arrival and she's just like hell no like yeah. i'm gonna go out with my coat and chill with these men who are also playing and enjoying chess with me you know yeah russia be russia becomes russia is like her 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 heaven not her heaven russia is like this sanctuary becomes a sanctuary for her because her whole life centers around finally meeting this guy and finally beating him her whole life's mission is to do this um and it's about getting to russia it's about going to russia it's about going to russia and she makes it to russia and here she is surrounded by people who are enamored with her and in the states like people are also but her hype in the states is non-existent and i think it shows that she's found a place she's found her place right she's found her place in a country where a she speaks the language now right it's kind of her like you know being like i speak the language i'm in a place where people are enamored like not just like oh man you're good at this you're beating the communists but like no we see you as like this chess player that's amazing that's so talented that like can literally do everything um why go back to the states um why go back to a place where nobody understands chess the way the russians do (laughs) yeah the last words that she speaks on the show are in russian also like she's she she sits down after being recognized sorry what she says let's play right yeah yeah and i just remember her like putting her hands together her like nails were so perfectly done I was just like, yes, Beth. <laughs> she just she does her little hand, her infinite, her infamous hand, her little hand thing. Also, can we appreciate how her like posture and how, um, mm-hmm. how 
collected she keeps herself throughout all of this, right? Um, yeah. She very, very, very rarely lets herself, like, waver, you know? Um, she does her best to kind of keep a straight face. I like how she responds to other people. Like, when they, when they do something that she's like, I got you, she's kind of like, doop, doop, doop. Clo- crosses her little fingers and, like, looks at yeah. you. Her eye contact is great. Um, yeah, man. Or when she was psyching out that little boy in Mexico, she's, like, walking around the entire, like, floor that they're playing in, kind of, like, re- like thinking of his move before he makes it. She, like, it's, walks back to the board and, like, already knows her next move. It's like she's like, being the pawn in the in that place in general. Like, she's walking around almost, like, as if she's walking those spaces. And that scene is crazy, too, because she just comes and goes... That's it. She yeah. kind of just comes in and does it. And each time, this kid, this kid doesn't break. So we can. This is also like an interesting kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like how, what, how much of an influence she must be to like children. You know what I mean? To like um, these child prodigies who also are like competitive and like want to be good. And they see that this girl has been like playing for so long. Um, and the inspiration that this must be for young girls as well to see like this very pretty girl who like is talented is playing with the big leagues um it kind of really I can see her being like an icon one of those icons that doesn't recognize that they're an icon and kind of just fucks around and fucks up but like at the end it's like oh great I'm an icon they're probably not reporting on her addictions. Oh no, a hundred. Hopefully. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Hopefully but I not. do, I do love how she approaches him. Well, okay, I thought it was weird how he's like, "What about driving?" Yeah. Like, bro, she's way too old for you. <laughs> but also, um, when she approaches him and she's like, "You're the best I've ever played," you know, and something she's heard many times and will hear many times again. So it's like the cycle continues of like support. Yeah, like sees like it again. Yeah, support and kind of giving that recognition. I think that's so important. I think recognition is a big theme throughout all of this. Really recognizing a the talents behind people, um, and then also um, the the appreciation for chess so like the recognition of being good but the appreciate the recognition that these people appreciate chess the same way because um it can easily just be a competition but mr scheibel makes a big deal that this isn't just a game like it's about appreciating this you know not just anybody learns chess um not at least this way you know what i mean and so it's about it's an appreciation of the arts this is an art form um, and that Beth is... puts that into words like perfectly too. Like in that interview with that awful press woman. Oh yeah. She's like Beth can uh, Beth. She says chess isn't just competitive. Chess can be beautiful too. Yeah. And you know that's that's very. I don't know. I love that. Like now that I'm learning how to play chess, <laughs> Air I can really appreciate that. <laughs> no, same. I wanna. I wanna learn how to play chess. Um, but let's see. My attention span is like. I play a game called Hive though. Hive is pretty good. It's like chess, but like dumbered down. <laughs> or like. We have to play. Um, no, we have to. It's it's really good. It's like with bugs and like moves and things. It's pretty fun. Um, yes. But yeah, this is 
This feels pretty good, I feel like. How do you feel? I feel I feel like we touched a lot of stuff. Like I feel really good. Like I feel like everything that I've been wanting to say is out there now. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of hidden hidden inside. Hidden um, away, like I can't talk to anyone about this. They won't know <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> oh no, yeah, same. I've been it's been like weeks i think what it's been a minute since we've been talking about making this episode um so long yeah yeah for everybody that's you know listening in um the last episode not part one but the one before this i made a big deal about how it would be the last episode before um before i end the year um and go on my little break granted christmas has now passed but i still new year's is still coming up um so i'm just kind of vibing i'm so glad that we were able to come around and do this and even better we got a two-part episode which i think is full of really good content so i agree yes amazing (laughs) no this is i also i just want to shout out sam for saving me christmas tamales oh my god oh yeah a beautiful present so tasty (laughs) yes that was my that is my compensation for having you on the podcast (laughs) for having (laughs) i can't pay by the hour but (laughs) i can pay in tamales (laughs) Um, yeah, I made the my list this year for the first time in my whole entire life, and that was really great. So, thank that you. That was our first time ever. Those were yeah. bomb. Yeah, my mom and I agreed. So, <gasps> wow, I had a wow a mother. Wow, I truly will take a that Salvadorian company. mother approves. Wow, that is honestly that is what I needed. I've been so anxious about like them being good, and like my friends, my <laughs> homies have been saying they're good, but I'm like, no, I need like a grown person's approval <laughs> I need somebody that knows I need somebody that has experience oh, literally well this is this has been great any final any final thoughts on the Queen's Gambit anything you want to let people know I think everyone should watch it and and approach it from their own perspective and see what they can connect to and what they like about it because there's a lot there's a lot in there there yeah there definitely is there's a lot to unpack and we did our best to kind of do that in these two episodes and in like (laughs) what 80 minutes um total um but yeah i too agree um watch the queen's gambit this is not sponsored i know you talk (laughs) this is not sponsored whatsoever but i do recommend watching the queen's gambit there is a lot to take um i i consider it like a really like a cinematic masterpiece or whatever throw that word around but i really consider it something really really good you know what i mean i think it was really well written i think it was greatly paced i'm glad that it wasn't long i think the actors were great um yeah so that is that is it um amen amen we've said what we've (laughs) said we've said our piece we've done our analysis this has been an okay podcast guys if you like what you heard please like and follow me on all the social media so that there are new episodes i don't know what that sentence was there will be new episodes every week um i'm actually going to be on break for now until the 6th so after this episode it will be silent um in that time catch up on our episodes watch the queen's gambit let's come back nice and fresh in the new year um i'll be coming back with a regular you know on my regular schedule after the 6th um so yeah anything else you want to say today um 
I just want to say thank you for having me on here. Oh, you know, yeah. follow me on Instagram, y'all. <laughs> SCBC0315. <laughs> um, and if you want to talk about the Queen's Gambit or have questions, let me know. Oh yeah, 100%. We'll start a we'll start a little Queen's Gambit club. We learn how to play chess and we talk about we talk about the Queen's Gambit. Obsessively. Obsessively. Queen's Gambit Chess Club. Yes. Yep. A hundred percent. We write a we it's a fan club. It's a fan club. Well, that's it guys. <laughs> Stay okay. You know how we end our episodes. We're gonna we're gonna do a nice little end of the year theme song. And do 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 this is so melodic. Ooh. <laughs>